This episode of the Best of 7 Sports Talk is sponsored by The Reflection Connection. For all your natural health care products, go to The Reflection Connection. That's connection with a K. All right NBA fans, enjoy the show. T7M Radio brings to you the Best of 7 Sports Talk with 7 Mitchell. Guys, welcome back y'all to Lakerland. We in the building. Shout out to Lakers Nation, big up to the NBA community, and of course, most importantly, shout out to our Players' Choice family. We back, we got an unbelievable show. I'm Seven Mitchell, ZZ is in the building. ZZ, what's happening, gang? Not much, man. What's going on? Glad to be back after uh, missing your little management. After your little management. management. Sorry, I'm just trying to. I'm just inspired. Every time I look at LeBron as seasons go on, I'm just like, oh my God. That's my guy. Like, that's what I want to do. I I just want to get paid to be here. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I know you were feeling yourself this afternoon from last night. So we're going to allow you to get your rocks off and, and, and talk about what happened last night here at Lakerland. Shout out to our brother, Light Out. Light Out is on load management. He's in, on, in Cancun. Matter of fact, shout out to Light Out. He'll be back with us in a couple of weeks. But I'm very excited about this show. Episode 10 of Lakerland. Damn, ZZ, we done knocked out 10 of these joints, bro. And that is wild. That is wild. But here we are. We're going to keep going. We're going to keep rocking all the way to 100. We, and then, and then some. That's a fact, bro. So, again, shout out to Lake of Land, man. We're about to get started with today's show. We're not going to waste any time. Um, before we go ahead and get started, I do want to mention and shout out some of our new members of the Players' Choice family. Big shout out to Agility for becoming a member of the Players' Choice family. Agility, welcome to Lake of Land family, and thank you for becoming a member of the player's choice platform i see lakerland definitely in the building stensation's in the building salute to my dog stensation always supporting lakerland big up to you sten as always we got the homie bit in the building bit yo laker nation we in the building bro it's time to rock and roll so again we got one of them action-packed shows for you guys. Of course, in the second hour, we got open court, so we're going to open the panel. We're going to let you guys in Lakerland come up and rock out with us for the second hour of the show, so you guys make sure you do not go nowhere. Sumo85 is in the building. I see you, big homie. We definitely got to talk about your dog, uh, D'Lo and Jackson Hayes. We got so much to chop it up about, but let's talk about last night, bro. Let's let's talk about last mm-hmm. night, my Lakers. ZZ Warriors, it was the first game of the preseason. What was your takeaways, bro, from your squad last night? From my squad, what were my takeaways? Um, I'm interested. I am interested, way more interested in this dynamic between CP and Steph Curry. Last night, we got to see it in action for approximately 12 minutes. But in that time, when looking at the offense and looking at the Warriors system and how CP was going to adapt to all of that, Look pretty solid when 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 you're trying to analyze a player like a Chris Paul, especially at this late dinosaur age stage in his career, you got to think about a lot of things, right? You got to think about players like you got to think about players like him in situations like him, where mobility takes a hit later on in your in your years, uh, defense takes a hit, getting your getting your legs up in 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 pivotal stretches of a regular season also as well as you saw last year Chris Paul started to look like when he pulled a three he was pulling a handy at the same that's time a fact. that's a problem 
Uh, <laughs> that's something that was a concern of mine. But looking at him and how he works in this system, you got to look at that pick and roll action that we got to see last night with guys like Kevon Looney. Now you insert Steph Curry into like a pick and pop situation. And Chris Paul is just a maestro with the ball. Still one of the most elite point guards you can, that you could ask to be on your team in terms of orchestrating the flow of the game and all of that. He, he did he did pretty well. Uh, I also liked Klay Thompson. I was very, very skeptical last week when I saw that, or not even last week, like four days ago when Steve Kerr said, yeah, we're looking at Klay Thompson guarding the four Moving spot. Moving to the four, right? <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, what are we, I'm like, what are we doing that for? What's the, what is the reason? But once again, uh, Steve Kerr knew something that we didn't about Klay. And you could tell that he was putting in that work in the offseason to get that mobility right last night. There were stretches where he was where he was defending Rui Hachimura, our guy. We talked about him running the four for the Lakers. That's he right. was defending, and Clay was Clay was doing his thing. He was locking that ass up. I mean, I can't even I can't. Clay Clay deserves some flowers last night. He looked pretty mobile. I'm not just talking about from the offensive end. I'm talking about specifically on defense. That man looked like you couldn't tell that he had two of the worst injuries of all time. So you can tell he'd be putting in that work. Um, outside of that, Steph looked fine. Anthony Davis, I wanted to talk about. He looked aggressive last night. Very aggressive. He was from early. AD was yeah. not playing yesterday. That's a fact. He was. He did not come to play no games, and I am here for it. He only played 12 minutes, but in that 12 minutes, he gave you 15 points. We see five rebounds, six of 11 shooting, two of three from three. And, I mean, they were open looks, but if he has it and he can knock it down, that's a plus for the Lakers. Um, right. He just – what I love the most about AD was just seeing him attack downhill. For somebody to be his size, I feel like – he is one of those rare breeds where it's like, you know, him, Giannis, maybe a little bit of Joel that can, you know, take the ball downhill, move through two guys, go to the rim, see another body there, get him out the way, get the little left lay off the glass, something like that. Like he just he has so much offensive talent for somebody that damn huge uh, pause, if you will. But uh, Christian Wood, let me ask you about Christian Wood, because he only gave you five points, but he played 20 minutes. And this is a guy that was probably the biggest acquisition that you guys made in the offseason or right. not, business, but one, one, one of, of the most big. important. He's he's one of yeah. the most important for his size. Definitely. Not mm -hmm. that he's a real big man, but the Lakers um, have been shorthanded when we come to size and, and just that uh, interior presence. So, yeah, he's definitely an important piece. Um, When you talk about numbers, bro, you know, like you said, he didn't do anything special um, or out of the ordinary. But again. When you look at Christian Wood, when I look at his humbleness, his desire to be good on both ends of the court, you know, this is going to be a process. You understand what I'm saying? But I think his humility and him wanting to win is going to fit in well with this team. I'm so excited. Now, we didn't have LeBron James last night. Um, that kind of threw me for a little bit of a loop um, just because I wanted to see LBJ. But the Lakers, who started off a little bit slow against your Warriors, they did pick up the pace. So, you know, I was a little bit impressed when we talk about adjustments for the Los Angeles Lakers, because uh, by all means, adjustments, lineups, things of that nature is going to be very pivotal for Darvin Ham and the success of this team. Now, you brought up big men. One person I was impressed with last night, and I mean, I guess everybody got to give him his respect for the game, was um, Jonathan Kaminga. And the performance that he had last night, bro, it blew me away. 24 points and eight rebounds in 23 minutes. What was your impression of your big man? Because I know you really didn't mention him that much on your takeaways, but what was your thoughts on Kaminga's performance last night? 
JK, I love JK so much. I remember I was on the panel when we were talking about the magic. If y'all mm -hmm. uh, in the in the live chat go back and watch that show, uh, we were talking about the top. I think it was like the top duos under twenty four, under twenty three, or something like that. Right. Um, damn sure it was over over twenty five. But I remember at the end of it, when we did our list, we got to like the eighth spot. Nobody had mentioned JK or and Moses Moody. And when I mentioned it, even in the live chat, everybody was like, nah, nah. Even Mars was like, nah, nah. And I'm like, how do y'all not see the upside of these two? Jonathan Kaminga, with that motor and that much athleticism and the training and the knowledge and the mentorship that he's getting from a guy like a Draymond Green, who is an undersized big man who has left his mark and impression on this game enough to solidify him a spot into the Hall of Fame. Why are we not looking at Jonathan Kaminga with all that he has uh, you know, mentor wise and things of that nature. And not to mention the fact that if Chris Paul is coming off the bench, which he will hopefully at some points of the game, <laughs> oh, he's, Lord. he's unlocking Jonathan Kaminga and Moses Moody because Chris Paul, the ability that he has to do pick and rolls of guys like Kaminga or pick and pops with guys like Moody is going to be a nightmare to watch for from a bench standpoint specifically. Um, so I wasn't surprised with JK at all. He's always had that that impact that, that he's that he's that type of player where Every team needs a player that can, you know, blow the roof off the place other than the original guys. Like Steph and Clay, they can knock down a three and Chase Center's going to erupt. But if JK drives down that lane, puts and bodies someone, puts them on a poster, that is a different type of, of electricity running through that arena. I think that JK is starting to adapt. He's he's already a, a amazing on the perimeter. Uh, uh, he's, he's got a little bit of a three game. He's working with it. You can tell he's been putting in the work. And his and his handle is pretty solid enough to get him to the cup whenever he wants. So all that being said, the JK didn't surprise me at all last night. That was the one guy where I'm like, nobody really knows how to how to prepare for him because he's that motor. He's that extra, you know, something extra young, you know, springs or however the old people call it. He's that he's that guy. He's that guy. Y'all feeling yourself. I will say that because I've seen a lot of Warriors fans, a lot of Warriors platforms. I know we haven't had basketball in a long time, but you guys have been sticking your chest out in these last 12 hours, and you guys did not have to face the king, LeBron James, LBJ. Y'all didn't have to feel that wrath, even though it's preseason. Um, but you are confident that your team um, is looking good right now. You got a good feeling from your squad. Uh, here's the, here's the thing about these warrior teams, and I'm, I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you an example. In 2021, right? Watch watch the Warriors from the from the preseason to to when they started rolling in the regular season. And I was sitting back and I was saying to myself, Do I really like this team, or or is Steph doing a lot a lot of individually great things for this team? Which he was. He led the league in scoring that year, right? Led right. to a playing spot, right? They had a bunch of young guys on. There was a younger Jordan Poole who, if Anybody in the chat ever watched that that year's Warriors? Jordan Poole, on, you just knew that he was that he was going to eventually have the green light, or he thought he had the green light, yeah, and was yeah. just on jacket and do whatever he wanted to do. Jay, uh, 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 that back when Nico Mannion was on the squad, <laughs> I was looking at him and I was like, bro, I don't like I don't like the way that this that this team looks. I don't like the way that uh, the chemistry doesn't seem like it's really there. It really seems like a clash between Steph and Draymond and the rest of the young guys on the team. Fast forward to 2022, I looked at that squad, and they were rolled up to like a 17-3 and three start to the season. And I was like, yeah. I like this team. Bielitsa was a phenomenal pickup that offseason that I loved. Gary Payton was coming in, coming out of his shell. Clay was almost back. He wasn't even back, back. yet. Yeah. On his yeah. way. 
And you just started, you just looked at it and you were like, everybody's kind of flowing. The bench has an identity. For this team, though, I was nervous all season, all, all season long. We get to the preseason, this first game. I'm saying, how does Chris Paul fit with this team? Because there's two ways you can look at it. I told y'all, Chris Paul is either going to help this team tremendously with more ball movement, which you would think for a Warrior squad, that's insane if they have even more ball movement, even more extra passes to a guy that you didn't even know was open. Chris Paul can make those make those reads. Chris Paul can unlock players. There's a reason why DeAndre Jordan damn near was an MVP candidate one year. Blake Griffin was an MVP candidate one year. But he slows y'all down if you're taking that approach with the starting five. Like, do mm-hmm. you, what's your concern with that? Do you Are you sold that Chris Paul is going to buy into this um, – rotational role or coming off the bench because I agree with you Chris Paul can make the plays that average uh point guards cannot read and, and mm-hmm. visualize but the pace of the Warriors starting five like the way you guys come off of screens and pick and rolls and just run around the court that has never really been an attribute of Chris Paul's game so even though he has the court vision uh don't you think it, it would be better for Chris to buy into coming off of the bench I think that it would be better um, I said that before, and I and I've said it. I've said this before because when we talk about players like Chris Paul that you know are you know all time greats, they know they're all time greats. Coaches know they're all time greats. Right. There's there's still that pride, there's still that ego in them in later stages of their career where it's like, okay, you take a Chris Paul, a guy like Chris Paul who's never come off the bench pretty much in his life, I don't think, even back in high school. So. To, to go from being, you know, looked at as still a starting point guard in the league and to transition into a bench role, a lot of guys take offense to that. Me, as a basketball fan, a basketball player, former basketball player in high school, all these things, I'm looking at it, and I, and I always said in AAU or high school, you have to do what, what's best for the team. If, I, if you're looking at a player with the skill set of a Jamal Crawford and you say, or a Manu Ginobili, and you say, hmm, these dudes are really cold. The problem is, is that we can't really figure out a way to insert them into what we got into the starting lineup because we have a Tim Duncan or we have a Chris Paul, Blake Griffin, J.J. Reddick, DeAndre Jordan, or we have a a Tony Parker who can create his own offense when need be. Bruce Brown, guys that are three and D. Like the pop looked at Manu and said, you're great. You're phenomenal. But in this starting role, we can't really use you the way that we want to. We can use you later on in, 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 a, in a stretch of the fourth quarter, bring you back on the floor and, and, and figure out something there. But we need you to we need to we feel like this team can be unlocked in a different way if you come off the bench and you just cook. That's the reason why Jamal Crawford won so many six man of the years. Lou Williams won so many six man because you you bring them off the bench and they're just cold. They can they can add something different to the to the game as opposed to the uh, other bench. Right. I agree. I agree. Mm -hmm. But my thing about it is when you look at Manu Ginobili, you don't look at Manu Ginobili, not to say that he hasn't hasn't had a great career, but. You know, the expectations are different. Like Chris Paul has always been a starter. I don't I don't believe Chris Paul has ever come off the bench in his career. So you're really asking Chris to do something completely out of the ordinary versus guys like Manu Ginobili and other guys who are good enough to be starters. But I think they understand their their role and the bigger picture more than um cp3 does but it's gonna be interesting to see how you guys gel um when we talk about lineups and stuff when we talk about my lakers at the end of the day bro last night i was impressed a little bit with max christie i can't wait to see Mm -hmm. max um later on this season 
Um, I know Sumo had mentioned Jackson Hayes. He wants to see Jackson Hayes, and he feels like uh, Jackson Hayes is going to be um, an important piece coming off of the bench. You know, in a perfect world, Jackson Hayes or Christian Wood would be starting the five, allowing Anthony Davis to play that four position. I really feel like we'll maximize and capitalize better with AD playing the four versus the five, but I just don't know how that's going to play out. But just last night, bro, I was just excited, you know, to get basketball back in full effect. And, um, you know, it's going down. I think this upcoming season is going to be the best season ever in the NBA, bro. I agree. I, I think that this season is going to be so good because we're at a point where our the people that I grew up watching and loving, KD, LeBron, Steph, D Rose, like everybody from that era is slowly kind of at that make or break moment for their career where it's like, this is the last bit of greatness that you're going to be able to see from these guys. And I applaud guys like, I, I applaud the longevity of the big three I just talked about, LeBron, Katie, and Steph. Being able to play past 15 years, I feel like, and to to be able to play past 15 years and still have that that top five demeanor about you to where fans are like, genuinely debating if you're still top five. I think of that as a compliment, or even if you're the best player in the game, like all of these things, Katie's still an elite scorer. LeBron's still in a top five physical shape of any NBA player in the league at the, at right. his old. KD is still doing his thing. Steph is still the the best shooter in the league. It's just all these just, and you're watching them at their twilight years. And it's just like, dang, now we're looking at the next wave. We, the, the, the Jason Tatum's, the John Morant's, the Lucas, the Jokic's, the Giannis's, all of It's just, ah, love basketball, man. Nothing yeah. like it. It's going to be unbelievable. This is Lakerland. People smash that like button. I see everybody in the building, man. Salute to you guys this Sunday afternoon. Do remember to catch us live here on Players' Choice in Lakerland every Tuesday, 1 o'clock p- I'm sorry, every Tuesday, 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern, and every Sunday, 1 o'clock p.m. Eastern here live on Players' Choice. We're about to get into our next topic of the show. I figure we freestyle things a little bit, and let's spin the Lakers' wheel and and figure out what we're going to talk about next. This is the Black Wheel of Fortune. (laughs) The Black Wheel of Fortune, the Purple and Gold Wheel of Fortune. All right, so let's talk about it. Let's talk about guards. Let's talk about point guards. Now, what surprised me, um, and you were gone, ZZ, but we had a special guest on. We had Dan from the Lakers, Dan the Lakers fan on the show last week. Shout out to Dan. Light Out had kind of switched his tone a little bit. And light out is all for D'Lo, D'Angelo Russell starting over Gabe Vincent um, with the Lakers. What's your thoughts on the point guard position for L.A. with D'Angelo Russell starting? And is there a point guard out there that really is a better fit for L.A. than the both both of the guys that they actually have right now on the roster? Are you talking about um, D'Lo and Vincent? Correct. Um, is there a better point? Yeah, there's better point. There's better point guards. You throw Kyrie at the point guard spot again and have him run that back. It'd be 10 times better. 
The problem with um the Lakers and, and point guards is uh when you have LeBron on your team, you you kind of have to factor in the fact that he's running the show because LeBron's at at any time on the court when LeBron is on the court, he has the highest IQ. Uh, at least within my opinion, in terms of you could throw him on the court with Draymond Green, you could throw him on the court. Maybe with maybe Chris Paul might give him a a, a slight you know a uh, bit of competition. But outside right. of that, it's like you D'Lo's not a better point guard than LeBron James is. Like when LeBron's running point, I'd much rather have LeBron be my point guard than D'Angelo Russell. And that's not a knock to D'Lo. It's just when you look at the fits on this team, that's what that's the problem that the Lakers have or have had in recent years is trying to figure out everybody's fit. When you implement a Russell Westbrook onto this team, he is not good for this team at all. His his role does not even remotely mean anything at the end of the day if he's in the corner shooting threes. Where which is another reason why when people say Russell Westbrook is a better all-time point guard than Chris Paul, I bring up that fact. I'm like, tell me if you want a 37-year-old Chris Paul running point or Russell Westbrook for the Lakers. They're going to take the 37-year-old in all of his injury issues. It's just yeah. because Chris Paul's a smarter basketball player than Russell Westbrook to the point where he's like, I don't need I don't need the ball really. I don't need to shoot. I got LeBron. I got AD. I got all so D'Angelo Russell, it's like, what is his role going to be? Is he a guy that's going to go out there and get you eight, eight and a half assists a game? No, because LeBron's probably going to get you over eight and a half assists per game. That role's already covered. Is he going to be a scorer when they need him to get a bucket? Yes. When D'Lo needs to get a bucket, he can still get a bucket. From the mid-range, fadeaway, cold, ice cold game winning three, like D'Lo's still that guy. But his role on this team is not really the same as it was in Minnesota or Brooklyn or even really Golden State for that little bit of time. So that's how I look at it. And then you have a Gabe Vincent who's basically there for when D'Lo, you know, shits the bed in the game. They're like, okay, we can't deal with it. He's shooting three of 18. We'll throw in Gabe Vincent because he's going to be a spot-up shooter if he's on the floor with LeBron. Gabe Vincent will be. He will take that, that corner roll and just waiting, waiting for the outlet, waiting for the, low, the, the swing pass. Right. He's going to do that. D'Lo can still do that, but it's like if he's cold, it's like, damn, it's like noticeable cold. You know what I'm saying? So it's like when you to answer the question of, of, of what point guard could be out there, there's a lot of guys, but it's about the style of play. Kyrie Irving needing to get his own bucket and not really focus on the playmaking can facilitate an aspect. We've seen win a championship with LeBron James before and come back from 3-1. So it's like that that that's going to work. Russell Westbrook, no. Chris Paul, maybe. Uh, D'Angelo Russell, we'll see. Gabe Vincent, you know, that's how I look at it. I'm going to be honest. I haven't always been sold on D'Angelo Russell. When we brought him back into the mix, I was very upset. I was very disappointed. Not from the aspect that he can't play this game of basketball, but what he did in his first go-round with the Lakers, he's just a guy that I can't trust. Now, I learned to put respect on his name because what he did in Brooklyn, helping those guys get to the um, – playoffs and i believe he's i think he made the all-star team or he's a perennial all-star yeah i I like his i like his upside but i need to see more consistency and i need to see this right here i need to see heart from d'angelo russell in the postseason like you talked about lebron james and him being the true floor general for this team in year 21 i would almost pray that the usage rate goes down for LeBron James because LeBron James, he has the ball so much. He makes a lot of mistakes. Like his turnover ratio, along with Russell Westbrook, 
is two of the highest in the NBA. So I am hoping and 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 pretty much betting the rent money that D'Angelo Russell will literally show us something, and he is the right uh, fit for the job. Now you mentioned guys like Kyrie on paper. I definitely think he's a better fit or gives the Lakers a better chance on paper to win a championship. But the reality of Kyrie leaving Dallas in the near future and winding up in Los Angeles as a destination to me, I just think is cat. I think we need to really just get past that and work with what we have. But, you know, D'Angelo Russell, even yet last night, he, he looked okay. He's just one of those guys that I'm not really going to be concentrating on that much until we get in March and April and, and hopefully in May you know, when the Lakers have a playoff run. I think that's really when it's going to count the most for um, uh, D'Angelo Russell. Gabe Vincent, you know, he did well in Miami last year. Uh, it, it just remains to be seen what we get from him this season. Now, Cam Reddish, my God, I got to talk to the bosses about Cam Reddish, bro, because <laughs> maybe it was me, but what I saw last night versus your Warriors, it, it, it just – um. It gave me so much cause to pause, bro, to keep it real. And I'm not really sure if um, if, if he's going to be still with our team midway through the season. If you talk about somebody that might be trade bait, I was sold on him just last week. But I'm not quite so sure about that now, to be honest with you, bro. So those really was my um, concerns and my takeaway. But as far as the point guard position for the Lakers – I'm good with D'Angelo Russell. He just going to have to show me just a little bit more, man. That's all I ask. That's all I ask. B.A., salute my brother. We got B.A., get your bars up in the building. B.A., I'll drop the link. You might be busy, but I'll drop the link. And um, if you want to come and join us, B.A., you know you're more than welcome. For and sure. Sumo, you're right. It's only one game. It's only one preseason game. But, again, momentum plays a factor in basketball, no matter if the games count or don't count. We have a new in-season tournament for the NBA that starts in November. So every little bit of basketball to me means something because you got so many new rules and regulations and things like that. And even though it's one game, one preseason game, you guys been off for months. You got to show something. This was the Warriors. We eliminated the Warriors last season. I just feel like we got to show uh, a little bit more than that. So. You know, that's where I stand at when we talk about um, guards and stuff like that for the Lakers. But I'm excited for this 76 season, fam, for sure. Yeah, no, man. I feel you on that. People are saying right now, let's chill on Cam. I, I agree, like, to a point, because it's like with Cam, I feel like we've given him a lot of, like, second, third chances where it's like, all right, just let's get them used to this team. Portland didn't work. Send them to 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 New York. Why can't I talk? Right. Uh, and I and I have a friend, my buddy Layton, uh, is one of the biggest Knicks fans I know. At the time, he was telling me how it was going to be great and it was going to be a phenomenal addition and all of these things. And I was like, I'm just gonna have to see. And we saw, and we saw nothing. And here we are with the Lakers. And it's like my thing is, I know, give him time. Like, give him time to get adjusted. I think that I could definitely see some games in the near future where cam reddish is having you know a phenomenal night i'm not saying that that's not going to happen what i'm saying is is that 
for the Lakers, the one thing that I will say about all these new guys that are coming in and trying to find their roles, trying to find their spots, that it is very, it is very clear to me that there's going to be nights where guys are on, there's going to be stretches where guys are on and, and, are, and are phenomenal. And then there's going to be stretches where some of these guys, like Torian Prince and Cam Reddish, they may go like have some cold slumps and things like that. You know what I'm saying? Like it's like, and the Lakers are very trade trigger happy. Like they they will trade your ass if they don't feel like if they don't feel like they can win games off you, they will trade you. So it's like it's very possible that we could see Cam not living up to the expectations again, and then he'll end up in freaking Houston. Like who knows? But that's a fact. Oh, that's we'll see. Fact. We'll see. We'll give him some time. Give him some time. Let me bring the homie bit up real quick before we get into our next topic, just to get his thoughts on what we witnessed last night um, during preseason and just get his um, reaction. Give me one second. Let me try to get bit in the building. Bit, what's going on, family? Salute, G. Cool, bro. Happy Sunday, bro. Yeah, I think I think the the Warriors they surprised me last night. I'm not Mm. even going. Chris Paul he came in and I was just like. How is it going to work? Because, you know, they got a whole bunch of off-ball movement. But Chris Paul, I think he just bring a balance. So, really, with Steph and Clay, you just had him run a simple off-ball screen, run a pick and roll with Chris Paul up top. It's either going to be a mid-range bucket or just a simple little pass-off. So, then the, the just the backups the, the Warriors had, I was like, who is the, the <laughs> left-handed point guard? <laughs> he came in throwing floaters from the free throw line. I'm like, who is this guy? But yeah, Kuminga, he didn't show me anything. I already knew he was going to turn up. He just got to get a chance. Um, the nice. center, what is his name? Jackson? Trace Jackson? I forgot. Uh, Where is he? Indiana? The, you're talking about the dude off the bench? Yeah. Uh, I know who you're talking about. I can't. I don't think I can pronounce yeah, like it. Like 6'10". Y'all got some solid pieces. It's just about how y'all use them and interchange them, I think. But y'all got to give Kuminga some run this year for sure. Yeah. Nah, Dario Sarge too, bro. Bro knocked down a pull-up transition three. I was like, damn. That's that's low key a sneaky pickup too, because he played with Chris Paul and Phoenix, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Dario Sarge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so hey, they got some chemistry too. It's gonna be interesting when they run their bench unit because you go around Chris Paul, Sarge, Kuminga, Moody. It, it's going it could be good. It could get real spooky out there. <laughs> it can definitely get spooky. Awesome. That's a fact. Real quick, um, bit before we move on, I do want to ask you. Um, what was your takeaway from the Lakers last night? I know there was no LeBron. There was only, you know, one preseason game. But what was your biggest takeaways from the Lakers' performance? I'm with you, OG. I was mad LeBron ain't playing. I'm like, <laughs> Facts. I'm, I'm like, what I'm, the hell? I'm going to still watch y'all. Um, I think the point guard, the point guard we drafted, Jalen, he looked too indecisive to me. He was trying mm-hmm. to hold the ball mm-hmm. too much. Like, just run the play. If you don't got it, get it to somebody else. Let Max Christie go get a bucket. Let Cam go try and get a bucket. I think I think Cam look he looked nervous out there because he done been on four teams the last four years. He don't know if he's gonna get burned. He don't know if the coach like Tom Thibodeau. He probably just didn't really like Cam because of like how his body language is. Players right. can they can give off like, oh, my game is smooth. It don't look like I'm trying. That's where Cam, that's where he fits me. But his defense was straight. He showed activity. His hands was always active. They threw a bounce pass, threw a pass on his way. He can go get it. Uh, Max Christie looked solid. Looked like the same player from Summer League. Jackson Hayes looked solid. We just we just got to figure out what we're going to do with Christian Wood and Jackson Hayes. Are we going to run them and let AD play the four for the majority of the season? Or are we going to 
it really just depends on AD health, but I really want them to try and run AD at the four and probably try and start Hayes at the five just to have him more roaming throughout the regular season. Postseason right. come around, then we run AD at the at the five, then bring in Rui and Vando, switch him off, something like that. But yeah, really, this Jalen, Jalen looked indecisive. It was his first game, so I won't really on him too much. Cam, give him some time. Then he got hurt again last night, so I'm like, oh lord, what, what are we gonna do now? Cam got Never hurt again. Cares. But it just yep. it really looked like the playoffs to me. Like we let the atmosphere, the vibes. Up. Yeah, that's a fact. Yeah, let him get it up definitely and then was. Close the gap, and then it was just like if we had Bron playing, oh, I really don't even think we'd probably like probably be y'all be at like five ten. Zizi know them boys would have lost last night. We ain't gonna play that lost. game. Zizi know go his his boys would have took an L yesterday. <laughs> when the King was playing. Bit, we that's appreciate you coming like. up, my G. Appreciate you, dog. Already, already. Up. Salute. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. No, I like him. He knew, he knew what he was talking about. Yes, yeah, sir. he definitely know his stuff. Um, let's go to the live chat. Let's go to Lake of Land real quick. A eleven gravy in the building. Salute to our players' choice family. Gravy says the Lakers will have a new team by the deadline. Just wait, <laughs> bro. We talk about this every week, Gravy. Every week we talk about LeBron James and you know just the um, the possibility of you know him being uh the guy that reconstructs this team we know the history about lebron james and we talk about rosters and things um i like the roster that we do have to be honest but we did see some things last night that may give some guys you know just a a, a different vibe coming from people like cam reddish and stuff like that cottage is in the building cottage salute my g star salute Big up the cottage in the building as always. That guy in the building, uh, another player's choice family member, he said, I think AD committing to the five this year will be extremely difficult to play against with Woods or Jackson Hayes at the four. Bro, I couldn't agree better. I, I couldn't agree better, bro. That's that's just one of the biggest question marks that Darvin Ham is going to have to figure out and figure out early. Mm -hmm. you, you know what I'm saying? To be honest with you. Yeah. But um, yeah, man. Great opinions, great conversations. Um, we about to Let's go into halftime of the first hour real quick before we get into our main topic of the show. Um, did you have any announcements or anything, easy you wanted to run by the people while we in halftime? Um, other than just like the people that are talking in the chat, and I feel like you got all that, the subscribers and stuff like that. So other than that, nah. I mean, um, did y'all did y'all talk about Dane and that whole situation and Drew Holiday? We briefly talked about, about that. Yeah, I'm not sold on the whole Damian Lillard, Giannis Antetokounmpo experience short term. Mm. Maybe long term it could work, but who's gonna coach this team? You're dealing with a first year head coach that is not proven. And we've mm -hmm. seen first-year head coaches have success in other destinations before. So I'm not trying to make it seem like it can't happen. But I, he picked Miami for a reason. He did not have mm -hmm. Milwaukee at the top of his list for a reason. So people can sit and run around and act like this is a match made in heaven, this, that, and the third. But I'm just not sold that it's going to work to its maximum potential early on. Maybe long-term, but I'm I'm just not really sold on it. Uh, Boston getting Drew Holiday neutralizes that to me because you that defensive outlook that you have. You lost Marcus Smart last season 
you know, a defensive player this, of the year. And everyone was talking about the shortcomings that Boston may have defensively. But you bring in Drew Holiday along with Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. I don't think Boston misses that much of a beat. So mm -hmm. these were two interesting moves last week for sure. Yeah, I don't think that um, I think Boston is just gonna, is literally picking up where they left off in terms of what this run with Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum has been so far and Al Horford, I guess. Um, but like them getting I was thinking about it the other day. I was like, damn, they got rid of the Tom Lord. They got rid of Malcolm Brogdon and Malcolm Brogdon was there for what a year. So it's like at the time that Malcolm Brogdon was there, we were like, damn, that's going to be a good move. And it just didn't really. It just didn't really hit the way I guess we thought it was going to hit. And now you have right. Drew Hockley into the mix. And it's like, from a defensive standpoint, on the perimeter, they're straight. On the interior, we're hoping that Kristaps Porzingis can, can be as effective as we think that a seven-footer should be. We hope that Al Horford can still be as effective at his old age that he's been for the last three or four years. So I'm interested to see that. With the Bucks. I think that they're – I think that they're a lot more scarier than Boston because you have the dynamic. Do we lose Zizi? Wait a minute, bro. I think we might have lost Zizi for a second. Let me remove him, and then I'm going to get him to come back. That that was crazy. I saw I noticed it, and I was like, what the hell is going on right now? Wait a the Bucks. What I was saying was before I was interrupted by this stupid ass internet. Um, Dane, Giannis, everybody's talking about that. Middleton can be way more unlocked than he was than he has been because most of the time throughout this run that the Bucks have had ever since 2021, he was he's been low key the second option, but now he's the third option. Now he's that extra pass type of type of guy, whereas Giannis can still run in transition and kick it out to him or kick it out to Dane for a 45 foot bomb, like, or whatever Dame's feeling that day. But, and then not to mention Brooke Lopez still being there. Bobby Portis is still there. Their interior is still the same. Giannis and Brooke or Brooke and Bobby or Bobby and Giannis, whatever. And Giannis's brother, who's only there because Giannis is there. Right. Outside of that, like, like, I just think that I just, I think that I would fear the Bucks a little bit more because they still, I feel like they have more T's crossed and I's dotted than Boston. Boston is still a concern of if Kristaps is either going to be healthy or going to be playing at the level that we need him to play at if we're going to run him at the five or if Al Horford, so we can just keep the load off of Al Horford and I guess load manage him until the playoffs because right. playoff Al Horford is a top 10 player in the game. Talk, mm. To, me. Mm. Talk to me nice. Talk to me nice. Y'all here. Terry with two dads, our Lakerland family. Terry with two dads is in the building. Terry, salute fam. Appreciate seeing you again here on Lake of Land. Thank you so much for the support. As always, Tari with two dads says, forget what we talking about. Did we see Cam Godish defensive performance? I'm sorry, Tari. I got to talk to the bosses. Maybe, ZZ, I don't know. Maybe I got to get a new television. Maybe I need to ask Players Choice to get us new TVs because I didn't see no GOAT coming from Cam <laughs> Reddish last night. Godish. Cam Blackish. That's what. Good, that's what he. What type of goat are we talking about, Terry? Is this a Billy Goat? Because I, I don't know, man. Uh, I don't know. Saying, Cam. See, I told you, Cam Reddish still has fans. Like Cam Reddish got a lot of fans that look at his defensive upside and think that that's gonna be the thing that's gonna keep him on a team for more than a year. But hopefully, the Lakers. Hopefully, we. Hopefully, it's the Lakers that keep him there. Like hopefully, I'm. I'm probably... Defense would keep him on the Lakers for a year. Yeah. 
because it's very much needed. But when you look at the, the the mistakes and the flopping and the falling, like sometimes he looks a little lost out there. Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. I, and I, I like, feel like <laughs> when you have LeBron in year twenty one, and then you have Darvin Ham and all these other elements, there is no time to play. You mm-hmm. need to get this thing right asap immediately. Mm-hmm. I, so that's my thing is that w- when you play with the Lakers and you play with LeBron, you have a very limited amount of time for how ass you could possibly be before LeBron is like, I'm done with you. Go get me a new toy, Rob Palenka. And they do that. They, they they put you in the trash and then they go to Toys R Us and they pick up uh, Jared Vanderbilt or something like that. Like they just, <laughs> like that's, that's what it is. Like, uh, talking about Cam in that way again, I'm coming at you with razors and rubbing alcohol. Yikes! Yikes! Terry chose violence today on Lake of Land. Look, Terry, I, look, I got to keep it real. I just got to keep it real. We got a lot of basketball to play. So, you know, we, we definitely wouldn't be right if we mm-hmm. didn't give Cam Reddish the benefit of the doubt. But, mm-hmm. you know, the eye test has told us that over these last couple destinations, he's been at times quite a disappointment. I'd say and, he's been underwhelming. I'd say that would okay. be the word. Good word. Good he's, word. He's been, Good he's word. been underwhelming. Like, we all expect him to be an addition to a team. It's just the the reasons that we think he's going to be an addition, he just doesn't he doesn't act on. So it's like we're stuck as the fans looking at it like, damn, we really thought that this guy was going to – we thought this was going to be the one team. Like, we thought this was going to be where he was going to have his breakout year or whatever. Right. But so, you know – give it time give it time lebron can get a lot out of players and he can be a lot for players at times but we're gonna see we're gonna see if he can, if lebron can't get this man to stay on a team for more than a year he, he might be out he might he might be done he might be done bronze like the the final boss if you will so we'll see no doubt cherry chose violence Jeez, me christmas did. razors and rubbing alcohol my god good night all right, man, let's bring my brother up from another mother, B.A. from Get Your Bars Up Media. Let me get my dog in the yes, building sir. so we can tap into today's show. B.A., what's up, family? What up, brother? Hey, what up, what up? What's happening? I'm hearing y'all talking. I am moving. I was moving around, cleaning stuff up. I'm like, all right, let me, <laughs> let me go chop it up real quick. Let me go chop it up real quick. Yes, Salute, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, BA, as always, bro. You already know how we kicking it here in Lake of Land, bro. Did you get a chance to see anything last night? Uh, yes, I uh, I definitely seen the game. Uh, the the reserves from the Lakers, man. I don't know. Hey, <laughs> I like the way they started. I like the way they started. Uh, Anthony Davis looked good out the gate. Uh, the starting five, uh, even though LeBron didn't play, they looked all right. They looked all right, even though granted it's the first game, they looked pretty good, but. The um the subs though I don't know the the bench players they they gonna have to they gonna have to pick it up Golden State bench players it, it looked it looked like it was levels Golden State bench looked ten times better to me he ain't lying he not lying mm. so <laughs> so seven oh, wait seven you're muted yeah um all right I'm back I'm back I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> Sure. So how you feeling? How you feeling? Like about that? Are you feeling about that statement that the Warriors bench was better than the than the Lakers bench? Because me personally, yeah. I mean, I can't disagree. What we saw 
you know, it is what it is. But y'all, y'all didn't face LeBron, so y'all already know if LeBron is not on the court, y'all should have done what y'all supposed to do. I'm not, I'm not concerned at all. LeBron almost, LeBron almost fifty years old. We not doing this seven. It's not about LeBron. So the results would have been the same if LeBron would have played last night. Is that what we telling Lakerland? You mean to tell me that the, do you mean to tell me do I think that the, that another instance where LeBron is facing the Warriors and there's a situation that occurs where the Warriors are just striking and everybody's striking and LeBron's out there having a solid game and he loses? I feel like I've heard that story a billion times before. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. LeBron's gonna get his cool, but like, but like, I'm not. That's not really moving me right now. Like. Uh, <laughs> There's going to be another instance after the game where LeBron, Luke, go up to step. What up, bro? How you been, man? I'm trying to come over to Golden State. Like, let me come over. Yo, yo ZZ, that's going to – I think that's the issue, though. That's going mm-hmm. to be the issue is when LBJ comes back in, he's going is – he, is he going to play a different game that he's never played in his life, or is he going to get back to that dominating, I'm the man, I'm the guy, even though I'm 45 years old? Mm-hmm. And is 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 LeBron going to defer to his significantly younger partner in crime, Anthony Davis, who is supposed to, as LeBron say, be the face of this Lakers team? Never, never. He's that. Ah. He LeBron got too much pride for that. LeBron ain't giving nothing up. He been saying, "I'm gonna get a team to. I'm gonna get a team to AD since 2018." LeBron fronting. LeBron fronting. <laughs> yeah, he, he, on that Dave Hollis to tip. He frightened, bro. He frightened. <laughs> Damn, King James. All right, man. We're gonna have to see how this play out. This is Lake of Land. People, make sure you guys smash that like button if you're new to the Players Choice platform. Subscribe to the Players Choice platform. Also, become a, a member of the Players Choice family. We definitely appreciate you guys' support. We're about to get into our main topic of our number one. We got to talk about opening night of the regular NBA season. And opening night is going to feature the Los Angeles Lakers at the Denver Nuggets. This is going to be the um, ring ceremony, I believe, for Denver to get their rings. Um, B.A., I'm going to start off with you, family, um, because I had a whole lineup of different uh, questions and things of that nature. Um, How do you feel like this this opening night is going to play out for both the Nuggets and the Lakers when we talk about winning and losing? Man, I think it's just, to keep it 100, it's just one game out of 82. That's it. I mean, it's going to be emotion. It's going to be some emotion. But uh, usually a lot of times, I don't know if you've noticed, for like the past 20 years, a lot of times a team that's coming in from winning a championship, they often lose that first game yep. due to the celebration, the air let out the room, everybody, they're so emotional then and all of that. And once they get to the game, they're like, all right, we can go 0-1. We still got 81 more games. Right. Um, but I think it's a big – it will be big for the Lakers to, 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 to try to build early momentum. And and build confidence in the young players. Like yo, we just beat the, the we just beat the, uh, the 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 champs. We just beat the champs. First game of the season. They can't deal with us. Get that confidence. So it's much bigger for the Lakers than it is for the Nuggets. Mm-hmm. I agree a hundred percent. Zizi, I want to I want to show you something. Give me a second because I have a problem with something, and I want to get your opinion. I want to talk about revenge. I love this tweet. I love this tweet so much. It's my favorite LeBron tweet of all time. I swear to God, so, this is my favorite LeBron tweet of all time. Keep that same so energy. So this week, 
the, there has been quite some dialogue on social media when we talk about the Lakers and the Denver Nuggets dynamic. Now, a little while ago, LeBron James had this tweet saying, keep talking about my squad, our personnel ages, the way he plays, he stays injured. We're past our time in this league, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Do me one favor, please, and I mean please. Keep that same narrative energy when it begins. That's all I ask. Thank you. So most people felt like LeBron was responding to Denver Nuggets' Mike Malone. Then just last week, Anthony Davis talking about the Denver Nuggets. He said, we get it, y'all won. But me and LeBron had had some conversations, and it's like, we can't wait. Now, um, Mike Malone of the Denver Nuggets, he kind of reacted and spoke on this. He said, if they're still worried about us, then that's <laughs> on them. What are your reactions, fellas, to this whole situation? Because I don't like it. I don't like the fact that the Lakers seem to be targeting one team, the Denver Nuggets, for revenge for whatever reason. I know they got bumped by them, but I just don't think it's a good look. And when you go back to 2019, when the Clippers were um, put together, I feel like they created that team to beat the Lakers and not the NBA, and that's why they got bumped Um in the second round of the bubble tournament. And I'm, I'm, I have the same concern with the Lakers that they are preparing more for Denver than the NBA as a whole. What's your reaction to all these back and forth ZZ with the Lakers and Denver on social media? So like, to me, it's hilarious. I, I love internet beef, especially in the NBA, especially between a 40 year old man in LeBron <laughs> and, a 55-year-old coach who, like, just granted, just won his first championship. But my thing is with Mike Malone, Mike Malone, I side with him a little bit more on this because the media themselves were, were hyping up Lakers versus Nuggets for one reason. And they were more focused on the Lakers making it to the Western Conference Finals than the Nuggets. And the Nuggets were looked at as arguably the best team in the league for the majority of last season. So for Mike Malone, the coach, to sit here and say to himself, you know, we're the best team in the conference. We're the best team in the league. We just made it to the Western Conference Finals like we kind of figured we would. We got the best player in the league, all of these things. The Lakers, they they just show up. They, they, they hop in, and it's like, hey, remember us? Like, we won a championship a couple years ago. We're still here. Just forget about Russell Westbrook and all that jazz, but just focus on us right now. And then the Nuggets are like, all right, cool. Let's sweep these motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and so 4-0, 4-0, right? 4-0 to me is still wild because going into it, the media was like, okay, you know, they have an answer for Nikola Jokic. They don't have an answer for LeBron James. All of these things. And then LeBron proceeded to shoot them out of the series alongside Anthony Davis's inconsistencies. So the, the Nuggets are sitting there thinking to themselves, we, won, we, we got past them. We shut the media up. We shut Laker Nation up. They thought they really had it this year. They went against the real team. Let's flex. Let's continue to flex. It almost reminds me eerily of in 2016 when LeBron came back from 3-1. And then we fast forwarded to Halloween and LeBron has a throws a little party and invites the Cavs over the team. And, and it's 3-1 tombstones everywhere. After, mind you, the the, media, the internet had already been flaming the Warriors all offseason for blowing a 3-1 lead, rightfully so. But then LeBron rubs it in their face even more and is like, hey, you remember 3-1 tombstones? They got Curry's jersey on one, Clay's on. So 
that's rubbing it in a little bit more than Mike Malone has been this offseason. Mike Malone's just been talking into a microphone on, on championship parade day. LeBron was throwing a party, actively trolling a team that just blew a three-point lead. So well, hold up. Hold up, though. Not to cut you off. Not to cut you off. Is Mike Malone doing too much? I understand that you got bragging rights if you win the championship. Mm-hmm. But Mike Malone is talking like he has created some dynasty in Denver. Or yeah. he's such a like I, that's what I have a problem with. I don't have a problem with Mike Malone speaking because they won it, but oh, he's joking. sticking his chest out like he has proven something As over a should. period of time. He did prove something. He won a championship. The number he one team. Mike Malone. Talk to him. Talk to him. Go ahead. Talk the, to him. T- the number one team in the in the Western Conference, which is the toughest conference by far, majority since December to the end of the year to the championship. He proved what he needed to prove. And guess what? People people are projecting them right now just because how dominant they were last year. They're projecting them to, to, to make it back. Really? They're still saying them, they're number one on everybody, really? everywhere. So why? So why doesn't he should he got hey carry that pride, Mr. Malone? Salute to mm. you, Mr. Malone. Talk your ish. This you know how hard it is to win question. a championship? This is a million dollar question. question. And I and I'm glad you brought it up because I was going to ask you this, BA. Do you look at the, like, some team, like Golden State seemed to be a team at the time that could be uh, in control of the NBA for years, especially when they had Kevin Durant. Yes. Um, certain teams look like they could hold the reins for a couple of years. Me, personally, I don't see that in, Den- in Denver. I don't have that fear factor in the Denver Nuggets like they're going to be a dynasty or a potential dynasty franchise. You see that potential in those guys? Of course. Of course, they got Jamal. You got to understand, the last, they've been good. They've been good the last mm-hmm. three years, right? The last three, four seasons, they've been good. But they but they miss, They always missing one person, right? Mm-hmm. One key person. And his name is Jamal Murray. Jamal, as long as Jamal Murray is healthy, and they got the, and they, and they bench is set up. Now, Jeff Green, Jeff Green was a big loss. Doodoo Brown, too, was a big loss. But <laughs> they can, hey, but they can supplement that. They got their core, bro. And then we got, hey, we, we ain't even, man, bro, I'm not worried about them. I think you a hater right now. I think you I am a hater. hater right I am hating. Let's get to it. At least he owns it. He owns it. Different <laughs> <laughs> nice, bro. Different nice. Saying, you got to think, Seven. Good. You got to think, Seven. Like, for me, uh, if you ask me, do they have the potential to be some sort of dynasty? Yes. When you, when you look at a dynasty, you have to look at, at least two players, maybe even three, in some instances, where you can say we're going to build a dynasty off of this fact of the, off of this this trio, right? The Spurs they had Tim to start off their dynasty. Uh-huh. David Robinson and him kicked it off, and then Tony and Manu eventually kept keeping it afloat, and then they in, ended up even getting Kawhi Leonard. So, like that's what you got to look at that, right? Nikola Jokic, like BA just said, Nikola Jokic has only been missing out on. Jamal Murray and MPJ in some years where it hasn't been this trio because that's the trio that they're building around those three. They got Jokic who can get everybody involved and dominate in his position. Jamal Murray can cook relatively anytime he wants to. Michael Porter Jr. is going to shoot anytime he fucking wants to. And And Gordon too. And Aaron Gordon. And then then they bring in a guy like Aaron Gordon. They say we need something to make this starting lineup kind of fit to round it all out to bring in some of the things that the other guys can't do. Aaron Gordon. they They got him out of Orlando. And back back when he was in Orlando, I was like, okay, this kid's obviously talented. He was able to almost win a dunk contest a couple times, but 
other than that, I was like, if he's on a situ- if he's on a team, he has to be with someone. And now he gets to have someone at his that's pretty much at his position that is immediately one of the most, if not the no, he's the most efficient at his position across the board. He gets to play with that. Nikola Jokic was unlocking KCP as a shooter, giving him his best three-point shooting percentage of his entire career last year. And like so, when you have that, you have the 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 glue guy, which in this case is Nikola Jokic because of how talented he is, that can unlock everything else. And you have guys like Jamal Murray who can cook for himself when need be. Yeah, potential dynasty. Yeah, they're in the Western Conference, like BA said. They were always good. There was a moment in time where I was looking at them in the same light that I looked at the Utah Jazz as regular season merchants with Donovan Mitchell. <laughs> but now, but then, but then I started to sit back and say, I was like, damn, what are the Nuggets missing? What are the Nuggets missing? Oh, because Jokic is here all the time in the playoffs. But Jamal, he oh, he got hurt. MPJ got hurt. Now he doesn't have the right pieces around him. Whereas the Utah Jazz look as complete as you could fucking think that it could be. They had Mike, they had Mike Conley rounding, rounding out that off that uh, roster back then. But they still didn't have all the answers because Rudy Fair and Donovan Mitchell just didn't work out. They weren't as good as we thought they were. We've seen this trio win a championship or this duo, if you want to keep it, keep it a buck. We've seen them do it. We've seen them both have more key moments in the postseason last year, pivotal moments, iconic, iconic moments. So it is reasonable for me and BA to both assume that this is where the dynasty is. a possibility. Yeah, I can't rule out the possibility. Yeah. You know, you guys are bringing up Aaron Gordon, a yes. guy who had a great year last season. I don't don't get it yes. twisted. He had a great year last season. But let's be honest. We were only referring to Aaron Gordon when we talk about slam dunking a damn basketball. Before last Not season, y'all same. putting Not all this year. respect on his name. Come on. Before last, last season. Not the last two on. years. What Not did Denver year, do last year before last? last? What did Denver do year before last, B.A.? Made it to the playoffs. Hey, exactly. And, and, and hey. stunk it up. And stunk hey, it up. Hey, hey, where was Jamal Murray at? Hey, look, like is Jamal Murray like the number one? Said. Is he the is Jamal what? Murray the best player on Denver? Uh-uh, where was uh-uh, Jokic? Uh-uh, the MVP, uh-uh, uh-uh. the two-time MVP. No, no but like down the stretch. Yeah, but down the like stretch, he take pressure off. He he's the he's he's the guy like Damian Lillard's about to do in Milwaukee. He exactly <laughs> he is that. He is going to take pre- he takes pressure off of Jokic. Jokic needs that down the stretch. You feel mm-hmm. me? Giannis is going to need that down the stretch. I'm trying to mm-hmm. tell you. Mm-hmm. Terry is killing me, y'all. Terry is killing me. He done went from <laughs> alcohol and razors to just trolling my name. Salute to Terry with two kids. Terry, thank you so much, family, for the support and the super chat. Terry says, is seven my name? <laughs> was it the amount of regular season games AD is going to play? Hey, fair question. Hey, hey. Terry, that's bars. Terry got his nah, bars. That's a fair question. <laughs> and it's bars. So I'm not even mad at that. But bro, Anthony Davis, I mean, and I don't think I even talked to you guys since he came out with this statement. So this is kind of off topic. But AD said he has expectation of playing 82 damn games this season. What are y'all realistic reaction to AD saying he's looking to play 82 games? Hell no. You know that he know he ain't playing no you, seven. Do you think he's gonna play 82 he's games? Not at all. I'm praying, <laughs> I'm praying that he just meets the eligibility requirements to be all pro okay, or yeah, all NBA. Yeah. What's that like 60, 65 games, BA? Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, I think it's sixty. I think it's sixty. I'm praying for that too. I'm praying for that too. I hope. I genuinely hope because I think that (laughs) (laughs) exactly. It's a joke. Z, see you laugh, sir. It's a joke. 
80, I'm sorry, it's just 82 games at Anthony Davis. Who would have thought, right? Like, you would who would have thought John Morant and gun safety? Like, who knows? But the thing that the thing that annoys me the most is like you just said, Seven, this this 60 game requirement. We could be robbed. Like, say Anthony Davis goes out there and plays phenomenal for 59 games. I'm gonna be mad as hell if he's averaging 30. You know, he ain't gonna average 30, but 26, 13 rebounds, three blocks. We're gonna be sitting here saying this man is depoyed, but he can't win it. And then they have to settle for who who Whatever. would win another another Jer- another Rudy Gobert. Imagine Rudy Gobert pulls through because he plays. Rudy 60- is looking good in this preseason. <laughs> I know that's a side note, but Rudy is looking good, man. I've seen him swat stuff in the third, fifth row. I mean, mm-hmm. like he's doing his thing. So shout out yeah. to Rudy Gobert. Let me show y'all something real quick. And I want to show Lakerland because Lakerland, these guys are bugging. And I'm I'm gonna need y'all to back me up. But let me show y'all how much the Lakers live rent-free in the Denver Nuggets head. Did y'all see the new city uniforms for the Denver Nuggets? Okay, this, this was hilarious. This is crazy to me. These are the new city jerseys for the Denver Nuggets. I got to talk to the bosses. I need y'all to explain to me, how is the Lakers not living in Denver head with this right here? They swept them though. Seven, they yeah. swept them. One, like, you know what I don't, I don't like. Is, I'm just gonna say this. You. I don't think that is. I don't think that they're living in their heads. I think that they're just smoking on that Lakers pack, and they're just they're that's just it. They that's all it, it is. They just enjoying it. Like it's like it's like this is damn. This is some good shit. Like that's and and now now they're like oh our alternate jerseys are being released or whatever. Yeah. Make them purple, like yeah, let's just like like whatever, like that's that's what it is. I don't know. I got I got a question for seven. I got a question for seven. Seven and last year's playoffs, um, there was only one team to get swept. What team was that? (laughs) The 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 team that started off two and ten, the team that readjusted their lineup, the team that knocked out the defending champions. The Los Angeles mm-hmm. Lakers. That's who it was. And they got swept by a team that went on to win the NBA championship. And I love, I love how y'all just want to disregard <laughs> what the hell happened just two, three years ago when LA faced Denver in the Western Conference Finals. About two, three Notice years how ago. you said two, oh, three wow. years ago. Hey, really? This is, this is the really? same thing you did with the Thunder. This is the same thing you with them babies. The boys was babies. They grown ups now. They grow well, so up now. T Rev, T Rev, so it's a 65 game requirement <laughs> when we talk about um, all NBA. So salute to T Rev for the uh, correction on that. But T Rev, I got to talk to the bosses about you, bro. What do you mean they own the Lakers? What are he y'all talking ready. about? They swept them. They swept them. Zero. Y'all did not. Let me put it to you like this there was, there was a seven game series, and it was the first winner, first one to four, first one who won. Four games out of a seven-game series. The Nuggets won four, and y'all won none of the games. Y'all did not win a single game. We eliminated your boys. You, you yeah, but we at least champions. got we at least got two games off y'all asses, hey. and we would have gotten a game or two off of their asses. So, but so, so let me ask you a you question. Know. Let me ask you a question, Zizi. How many games did Phoenix win? Because didn't Kevin Durant and them beat Denver once? They won. Yeah, they won one. I think they lost in five. Why are you bringing up all of this old stuff? At least they got a game. In fact, because I love, I love how y'all put respect on Phoenix for winning one game, but because they got one company who if I ain't put respect, respect on no Phoenix. If, if they, they no, they, they, I'm not putting respect on it. I'm not putting respect on. It. I'm just saying 
like BA just said, there was one team that got swept. Now, you mean to tell me that if there was two teams that got swept, we wouldn't give them the same energy? Hell no. There only two teams that got swept. So, but they got a game. Good for them. That's like that's like playing beer pong and missing every single cup and having to get naked like you're gonna get that's gonna get talked about. Like that's not that's not something that we're gonna be like, but if you got a cup, you ain't have to run naked lap. They got sucks. They got swept. Got body. That's what Come happened. On. They got body. They ain't get one out of terms, they got body. Yeah, Dude, bar shot like shit. And we're we gonna talk about that. Like a, a, a Katie, here's the thing. When Katie got to the postseason, his efficiency took a hit. I was talking about it. I was like, damn, Katie ain't Katie ain't shooting 70% from true shooting percentage no more. He, he getting locked up. He looked like he getting a little locked up. Look like he's getting a little, little hesitant on them shots. I acknowledge that. The same way that I'm looking at LeBron and I'm like, damn, why are you shooting? Like, what's happening right now? You see it's not working. He went for something for a while. I forgot what it was. I think it was like 0 for 12 over like a two, three-game stretch, or maybe one for a left, something like that. Like, these are, if you're playing noticeably bad or a team is noticeably beating your ass, we have to talk about it. That's what happened to the Lakers last year. That's why the Nuggets keep talking about it. That's why Mike Malone is trolling the hell out of your organization. Because what's Darvin Ham going to do? And y'all like that. Y'all giving this goddamn Mike Malone a pass like he really done something. And I seen y'all in the live chat talking about I'm giving Mike Malone a hard way to go and all this crap. Man, please. Tari with two dads. Salute to Tari two dads again. Tari says Lakers was the bully until someone came and punched them in the mouth. It's time (laughs) to fight back. Think about it. Y'all was bullying um, Dylan Brooks. Everybody was when AD blocked Dylan Brooks, and then him and LeBron both said, "Get that ish out of here!" Right to his face, just turned away like you like like y'all was. And granted, thank y'all for bullying them. That is that is the one time where bullying is accepted. If it was Dylan Brooks related, y'all did that. Thank you. The NBA fans, like the community, we we appreciate y'all for that. And then y'all got a little cocky after y'all beat us, even though Andrew Wiggins didn't play in the final game. No. Draymond Green worked for LeBron James anyway. Yeah, he's Draymond Green for, for him in the offseason. We're not doing this. So We're not doing this. Draymond probably said, hey, Draymond probably tipped LeBron off before the game. It was like, hey, yo. Hey, hey Wiggs, 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 ribs is hurt, bro. Hey, bro <laughs> hey. So go at his chest all game. Like, it's exactly. like, exactly. like, come on now. But it's cool. It's cool. Mr. Clutch Sports. Mr. Clutch Sports. I want y'all to look at this image right here. I want y'all to look at this image right here, right? Eddie looks scared as hell. Exactly. Is Nikola Jokic, is Nikola Jokic, fellas, the biggest one-on-one challenge to Anthony Davis this upcoming season? Because to me, it seemed like AD is targeting this guy. And I don't know why, mm-hmm. but would y'all say, at least in the Western Conference, um, as far as dominance, Nikola yeah. Jokic is the biggest challenge to AD. He the best player in the NBA. Who He's been the best yeah. player? Jokic. Jokic been the best player in the NBA three years. Last year he was supposed to be MVP, and I'm not a Denver Nuggets fan, but I First give it up to him. He's supposed to be a three time MVP person right now. But guess what? Voters fatigue and Embiid. We got to give him one because uh, 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 whatever reason why. But he's the best player in the NBA, and and I'm gonna keep it 100. You can you can say this is a hot take or not. Uh-oh. We, we're migrating into what we call the Jokic era right now of basketball. So be ready. I know you're not going to like it. I Do I like it? No. Damn, I want the game to be a little different. But this is the Jokic era, era of basketball. We're transitioning. With that ring, it opens the door. It opens the door. 
This is unbelievable. This what is you, unbelievable. Yo, y'all got so much love and respect for this Joker guy. Like, yo, really? Got, the best I, player I, I in the that. league? This is Joker's era? Really? It Off is, of one chip? Like, bro, and two What's MVPs. The, Should be three. Giannis, yeah, won, like, Giannis won two MVPs and a chip. When you yeah, okay, was so Giannis' era. To that, to that point, to that point, Seven, I was about to say, I don't think it's just Jokic's era. I think this is the Euro European player era. That's what we're transitioning into. Because Giannis, like you just said, he's got him one. He's got him two MVPs. He's got a finals MVP. He's got that top three player in the game uh, perennial uh, conversation going for himself. Jokic has the same thing. Two MVPs, a finals MVP, a championship, top three perennial best player in the game. Some may say that he's not. Those who say that he's not mostly say that Giannis is because they validate the defense more than the offense. And they're not saying Joel Embiid because they would be an idiot if they did that or a Philadelphia fan. However, let's get back to on, on topic here. Nikola Jokic has done something that already I said, I said, going through, I said last season, I was like, if Nikola Jokic wins this championship, he's ahead of Dirk Nowitzki for me. Sorry. What? <laughs> what? What? Talk, what? And then, this is and then, because this is why, this is why, this, this, this is the only reason why, let me tell you the only reason why, the only reason why was because I was like, Nikola Jokic has crossed off so many things. He's already got two back-to-back -back MVPs. And the narrative was Jokic can't win a championship as the best player. But what we had was Jamal Murray not playing in a, play, in, in a playoff series because he got hurt in the regular season. MPJ, the same exact story. We never got to see the team at full strength. Never did. They gave him a coach, Mike Malone, hard-headed coach who could coach his ass off all these things, yada, yada, yada. They give him Aaron Gordon. They give him DeAndre Jordan off the bench. They give him Bruce Brown. They give him all of these things, KCP. And you say, okay, this team, if everything is clicking, they could be the best team in the league. They weren't. Then we get to the postseason and say he have, it has to translate over. Jokic has no excuse to not win this championship. There is no reason that he shouldn't win because he has every single thing he needs. And then he wins the championship. So in my head, I'm like, bro, he could have easily won MVP last year and easily have been the first person to win three consecutive MVPs since what Larry Bird he could have done that he could have done that but like he said the only reason he didn't do it was because of voters fatigue because you can't get it you can't sit here and tell me that he didn't have a case for it or that Joel Embiid's case was significantly stronger than his no so yeah we got to look at Nikola Jokic and accept him for what he is at this point him winning a championship validated and silenced a shit ton of our arguments that people have been trying to throw at the wall well, you seven. But at the end of the day, it's like you're either going to acknowledge him as the best player in the world or the second best player in the world. I'm trying but to tell you. He, I, he ain't he no number knows. four. He ain't no number three. He ain't no number five. He ain't no number six. And LeBron's not better than hey, him right now. It's the hey, it's a, it's a, it's the hard, it's the hard truth that the NBA does not really want to talk about. I'm this saying. is the hard truth, bro. You got to accept that. Y'all scared? Y'all scared that that so, that that kid from Serbia is really cooking these boys? Yes, he is. Yeah. Yes, he is. That's why they try. They try. That's hey. This is why they like yo, yo. We gotta hey. Even if even if it's not an American player, we gotta get a brother up in there, man. We hey hey. Where Giannis said hey yo yo. Hey, what's up? Mm -hmm. They gotta they gotta shake some stuff up. They gotta shake some stuff up. I, I got it. Cause Jokic just like I, bro. You don't understand seven. I know you don't like it, but you understand, bro. Y'all gotta explain <laughs> something to me. First of all, use easy because I'm not gonna let you get away with this. You uh -oh. keep bringing up my man LeBron's name when you want to talk about Nikola Jokic like there's some type of real comparison. So explain to me, what the hell does Nikola Jokic do in this season, in this time of basketball, that LeBron James can't? 
Uh, Name Nicole one thing. Is free throws. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll throw that out there. I'll just, yeah. that's just that's just me throwing that one out of my ass. I'm just throwing that out there. Down but the outside, of, outside of that, outside of that, uh, uh, efficiency. Nikola Jokic is the most efficient player in basketball. Is that like there's no there's there's no one that's better. If, even if you want to crunch the numbers and you're talking about guys that may be you know a spot ahead of him, it's because they're centers that catch lobs. Nikola Jokic is cooking you from the post, post fadeaway, hook shot, back it down. Uh, three-pointers, free throws, and ones, everything you need. From the offensive side of the ball, there is no one better than Jokic offensively in the game today. That's simple. Because not to mention the fact that not only can he just score on you, he can read the floor better than anybody on the court, maybe besides when LeBron is there, because I will say I give LeBron a slight edge because LeBron is a basketball savant, and I think that his IQ has become underrated during the last maybe five years because people are just not used to someone else matching LeBron's IQ on the floor as much, but it's still elite, elitist, if you will. But uh, besides that, uh, reliability, he could play more games in a regular season than LeBron. What, 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 more, what more do you want? What, what more do we want? I think, I think Jokic played, what, 70-plus last season? LeBron played less than Anthony Davis, so can't, can't remember that argument. There. The altitude is crazy where he had to. He's still dominating. Yes, talk about it. When when people when players when players go play in Denver, at the in their arena like the Pepsi Cola Arena, I don't know, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't, something like that. But when they go over there in that altitude, you mean to tell me that this dude is playing more than sixty five games in this altitude plus the playoffs? What? And LeBron out there looking gassed by the second half of the of the game? Like, what are we talking about? Like, <laughs> come on. <laughs> you guys are mentioning altitude and all these intangibles. Like, it, 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 it amazes me what y'all use for these arguments, bro. Tari with two dads. Salute to Tari. Thank you so much, family, for another uh, donation and support to the Lake of Land platform. Tari says, we are cooked. We have no American bigs. Our best big, who is JJJ, is allergic to rebounding and jumps like he has ants in his pants. B.A., I got a question for you, but first of all, now I get to get at Tari. Now I get to get at you, Tari, because what you mean that the best American big is uh, Jaron Jackson Jr.? Is Joel Embiid not a U.S. citizen anymore? Can we, I mean, he can whatever, we He's whatever we talk you want to be, bro. I don't he's, even, he's whatever you want to be, oh, because God, we know, we know Mr. Cameroon, Mr. From the motherland, they get they they were like, do you want to play with France or do you want to play with America? He could have he could have smooth turned his back on the We not claiming that he went he low key wanted to go to France, but he like they need me over here. So mm-hmm. okay, we we he, he's 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 Americano, he's American. Yeah. So let me ask you, BA, because Terry does bring up an interesting point when we talk about um, American big men. Do you feel like there is a lack? Um, of American bigs, and do you feel like uh, JJJ is the best? Like, what's your thoughts on the American big? Man, uh, we don't. I'm trying to. I'm thinking about it right now, but we don't. Like the all the premier players are 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 from overseas. That you're mm-hmm. they're, they're definitely European. Um, so I don't. I, I I don't. There is no. There is no. He, he's right. He's right. And I don't want to say Jaron Jackson Jr. because I don't. I still don't think. Jaron Jackson Jr., we got uh, Anthony Davis, we got 
Is wait, yeah, that's my thing. Is is Jaron Jackson Jr. better than Anthony Davis? He's not. He's not. Is that he, what he's saying? He's not. He's not better than and we yeah, hey, I don't Brooke Lopez. Brooke Lopez. <laughs> Shout out to Brooke Lopez. Oh, uh, hey. T Rev said Brooke T Rev said Brooke Lopez. He brought up Brooke Miles Lopez. Turner. Listen Miles to these Turner. Talk T Rev. Talk. Talk. T Rev. Listen to these names, though. Don't nobody know these guys like that. Don't nobody know <laughs> these guys like that outside of basketball. We not doing this, T Rev. Salute to you, but we not doing this. Are they not? Are they bad? Are, are they good players? They solid. They not bad. We talking about? We're talking about great. We're talking we're, about we're the best. Trying, of the best. About great right now. So looking at an overall record, I don't want to break it down to the game. I'm not going to put that much pressure on you fellas, but um, and this might be a silly question to most. But who's going to have the best overall record at the end of the regular season? The Denver Nuggets or the Los Angeles Lakers, and why? <laughs> I just want to hear the disrespect. I want to hear the doubt. I, I, I really, I'm, I'm just, I'm taking notes. That's why I'm Keep asking these blasphemous questions because I'm taking notes. Keep talking about our ages and. Where's where's the tweet at? Can you me, pull that? Tweet yeah, let me again? bring it back up. Yeah, let me bring this back up because keep you, talking you about my squad, our personnel agents, <laughs> the way he plays. He still is injured. We're past five in this league, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah. One favor, please, and I mean please, keep that same narrative energy when the when it begins. That's all I ask. Hashtag thank you. That message was from our precious king. What was it two seasons ago when everybody was saying how? The Lakers are nothing more than a nursery retirement home. And because they were the oldest team in the league and because they had Russell Westbrook on the team and because they had Carmelo Anthony on the team and because of all these things, LeBron thought that all the negativity and the negative responses that he was getting, he thought that that was just all because he was like LeBron and they were just hating. But no, there's a little bit of reasoning behind it because when you look at the Los Angeles Lakers, and you think about injuries and things like that that have plagued this team for the past like entirety of the LeBron and AD era, besides the one year in the bubble. Um, <laughs> when you think about all that, it's like it's reasonable to assume that the Denver Nuggets are going to have a better record this year than the Los Angeles Lakers, mainly because Nikola Jokic is going to play a hell of a lot more games than Anthony Davis. I can confidently say that. Probably 10 more, 10 plus more games than Anthony Davis. I can confidently say that. And LeBron James, I can confidently say that. Jamal Murray, you know, he has his injury history, but other, but Anthony Davis is still more injury prone than Jamal Murray. So I'm going to be confident in that regard. Uh, and MPJ, MPJ is, is the biggest blow to him throughout his entire career has been his back. Outside of that, if that's cool, he's still going to be shooting. He's still going to be striking. They're still going to be finding him. And he seems to be getting – he's showing more and more defensive prowess later on in the postseason last year. Like early on, it was like, ah, oh, he looks like a liability. But as the season, as the postseason progressed, he, he was getting more and more solid. So it's reasonable to assume that as well. But, yeah, I'm going to go – I'm going to go with the, with the Nuggets. Sorry. Yeah, hey, salute, bro. I know you got to step yeah. off. I definitely appreciate you coming through, bro. We're going to tap in later on this evening, bro, to yes, finish sir. some of these conversations, bro.
ZZ, I that. agree with you. I don't know why seven gassing up the Lakers like they're gonna be really better than the Denver Nuggets. We ain't doing that. We're not salute to my dog BA, bro. Be safe, bro. I'll holler at you later on for show. Yes, sir. That's my dog BA. Make sure you guys, if y'all into hip hop, if y'all guys are into battle rap, make sure y'all check out my brother BA at Get Your Bars Up Media here on YouTube. He got a dope platform, dope channel. He's been doing his thing, and you'll see much more of him here at Lakerland. Uh, T-Rev says that Denver is going to be a plus 60 this season and the Lakers are going to be a plus 50. I mean, if that's the case, I think the Lakers won like 43 games last season. So I think that mm-hmm. would definitely be an improvement um, on both ends. So I'm not mad at that at all. Soren wanted to know, can the Lakers beat the Phoenix Suns in the playoffs? You know, that's that's just a tough question because, you know, on paper, Phoenix is solid. Phoenix mm-hmm. is solid. And Phoenix got guys that has things to prove. That's mm-hmm. another thing. KD, even though he's a champion, considered one of the best, KD in my eyes still got stuff to prove. Bradley Beal still has things to prove. Um, even down to Devin Booker, I feel like got things to prove. So Phoenix has a hunger element there. Uh, with L.A., if LeBron doesn't win anymore, his legacy is pretty much established. If A.D. Mm-hmm. doesn't win anymore, you know, the expectations are not really going to be different. So beating the Suns, we just going to have to see how this actual year plays out, Soren. But um, I got all confidence in the purple and gold to get it done, for real. I think that they have a shot. Like, Phoenix and LA, they both look good on paper. You can look at, you can make a solid case as to why you think each team would win the game. Right. With with, with the Lakers, I I value their defense a lot more, and I think they'll they'll emphasize that in a postseason. Uh, what what's it called? A series. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for Phoenix, like you said, the hunger and the drive for those guys to shake narratives like narratives and stuff they they really affect players i think as, as the more and more the years go on because with kevin durant specifically like you talked about when he left golden state i was like this is good this is the dumbest decision that he possibly could have made if he was going to go to golden state and win he should have won until the wheels fell off or started to fall off wait a minute because we never talked about that and you are a warriors fan so i, I don't want to get off topic but this is interesting you had a problem with KD leaving Golden State. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You didn't blame Draymond? Nope. Nope. Really? Because here's the thing. People, I think, uh, I think Draymond is one of one of the most misunderstood players in the league, or at least within our generation of uh since since he got into the league. So it's like since 2015. Um, and I say that because he reminds me of like what Bill Lambeer was for the Pistons, for the bad boy Pistons, in ways such as, like, when, uh, what's his face? Was it Mark Aguirre that got traded there? Yeah, Mark Aguirre. When Mark Aguirre got traded to the bad boy Pistons, in the bad boys documentary, you see Bill Lambeer talk about how when Mark Aguirre got there, he said, this is how we do business, yada, 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 gave him a very blunt rundown of how they operate. You're going to come to practice, you're going to give it your all, you're going to yada, yada, yada. Mark Aguirre was like, I was originally like, who the F is he talking to type, you know, vibe. But in order to in order for them to reach their max potential, you have to everybody has to buy in. 
So that was all Bill Lambert was doing. You have to buy into the system. You want to become a bad boy. This is what you have to do. We're going to be the most hated team in the league, yada, yada, yada. Draymond playing the informant role that he did last season. Uh, he was basically like, or, or the season of uh, 2016, my bad. Playing the informant role of how he was talking to KD all throughout the regular season. And this was going, this had been going on. KD's, uh, Draymond's probably telling KD, look, you're going to get hated. We're going to be the most hated team in the league. But if you want to win a championship, this is where you need to go. Yada, 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 right? So KD had to buy into that role. KD's the Mark Aguirre in this situation. They get there. They have a miscommunication on a play with Draymond running down the court and not giving him the ball. He's upset. They have a skirmish. KD said that he was upset that the Warriors management didn't handle it. And I understand that point. I do. But in my head, I'm always I'm always a look. What's the biggest goal here? If I'm in a situation, if we're, if we're working together on something, we have right. a big goal here. The Warriors won two championships. You could have had three had Kevin. <laughs> you could have had three had Kevin Durant. Oh, that is. Yeah. We both do. I have a do-rag on, so. Yeah, my man, um, my man, Henry, called me out. Henry, if I rob a gas station, you know they're going to lock me up. I can't get nowhere, man. They're going <laughs> to find me easily, man. Salute to my dog, Henry Durf in the building, another uh, family member of the Players' Choice platform. Big up to you, Henry. Henry, we ain't seen you in Lakerland, bro, in a couple weeks. Where the hell you been at? I see you on everybody else's show. When we started Lakerland, Henry was in the building for us, he bro. Was. And he, he was. You know, Henry, you want some other shit right now, bro. But, you know, it's all good. Salute to my dog, Henry, for popping up in Lakerland, as always. I'm about to bring the homie bit back in um, in a second. I did drop the link, people. If you guys in Lakerland, if y'all want to come up and join the panel, um, I did drop the link. You guys are more than welcome um, to come up and join us. I do have a couple uh, questions and topics for the panel. So let me bring the homie uh, bit back in for a second. And um, we gonna get back to business. Bit, what's up, family? Welcome back. Yo, what's up? What's up? What's up? No doubt, no doubt. Let me ask you off the top, bro, because I do got a couple questions I want to get uh, out the way before we um continue on. Big three. Do you consider the Lakers having a a real solidified big three in your opinion, Bit? A big three? Yeah, yeah. like a real big three. I and who see. would it be? It could just it's just gonna be AR in that like what is it like right below friends all star if he can take that jump and be like 15 to 20 what mm -hmm. he averaged what he averaged last year in that in that stretch of the playoffs like 17 oh, points a game 13 yeah, to like 17 that. he stepped in the, up in the playoffs in the playoffs yeah. okay okay so yeah if if AR can take that step and be like that fringe right bo below all star level it is it'll be Brian AD and him. And then it's really just depending on how the others mix in and what they contribute on a nightly basis. Mm -hmm. What about you, ZZ? Do you feel like the Lakers have a, a real big three, not just three of the best players, but like a big three? Do you feel like the Lakers got that? I think that um, every team in the league has a big three. It's just oh, really? some, teams, some teams have better big threes, like mm. the best big three. Look at like – look. At, I think back to the, uh, the Heat, big three Heatles. At that time, they had LeBron, D-Wade, and Chris Bosh. But you looked across every every other team in the league, and it's like, okay, the Bulls at the time had Rose and Noah and Boozer or Luol Deng, whoever you want to throw in that mix. I yeah, that makes sense. And right. then the, the Knicks had Melo and JR and uh, Tyson Chandler. Uh, the Spurs had Tony Mono. And, like, everybody had their own big three relatively that were among the competing teams. 
So it's like in the, you know, in the, within the postseason or making the playoffs. So the Lakers have LeBron, AD, Austin Reeves, right? The Warriors still have Steph, Clay, and Dre. Uh, the Suns have Chris Paul, Brad. I mean, Chris Paul, ha! Kevin Durant, Bradley <laughs> Beal, and, um, and then now the Bucks have Giannis, Damon, uh, Middleton. The Celtics, you could say Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and Drew Holiday, or Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and Christoph Porzingis. But everybody has a big three, a part of their team that they're looking that they're looked to probably the most out of everyone else. The Bulls had Lonzo and Demar and Zach Levine at one point, and they were and, underrated as fuck. Well, yeah. I wish Zo didn't get her. I wish Zo didn't get I'm her. Saying, man. They were deadly. They were one of the best big threes in the East, like top three at one. But point. fellas, Austin Reeves is not an All Star, right? and you know when you named all those other guys, ZZ, all three of those guys are pretty much perennial All Stars for all even, those even respective the teams. Boozer. Right, even the Boozer. But mm-hmm. Austin Reeves, I feel like if he was to be an all-star, it will actually damage the Lakers' progression. I don't want to see him being so selfish trying to pick up those big numbers. I don't think that's really going to be his immediate role. But can you have a, a solidified big three? Who? Uh, when you have a solidified big three, um, you – I would think everybody would have to be an all-star or, or at least an all-NBA. So it's interesting to me how we can put AR-15's name in the conversation, but, you know, he hasn't really been an all-star yet. It, it, mm-hmm. What do y'all think about that part? I mean, that, what you think, bro? I was going to say, I don't think I don't think it would hinder the Lakers because it's just really dependent on how he get his, his buckets in the offense. Because if Austin Reeves can be an all-star – like I think I think they'll split up if Ham is smart, he'll manage the minutes to where it won't be so much of Bron and AR like throughout the game, really just right. mainly in the closing times. So if he adjusts the minutes right and let AR probably get out there with the bench, let it be maybe I think him and D'Lo, when they run together, they have a little good one two punch. They get they get the offense going, they get the PNR going. The defense, AR, I think when AR is on the floor with D'Lo, they got like a little tandem together where if AR is playing solid defense, they D-Lo will pick up some of his effort because right. I feel like they really locked in once he got on the team last year. So if they just manage the minutes, let AR really run more with the bench, let him flourish with the bench, maybe throw in AD, kind of like how they did with Russ. They should have ran Russ and AD more with the bench so Russ could take off, go up and down, run PNR with AD. So if they run it kind of similar like that, I think it won't hinder the team as much. But – the others, like Rui, from what I seen last night, Rui got to get some dribble packages or something, man. He can't just be one-two power dribble, go to the rack and just throw yeah, a hook yeah, yeah, there, yeah, like, yeah. You, that's a that, fact. He got to make some just, moves. He need a spin like, move. Man, you got to at least a get a one-two cross back. You know what I'm saying? Something, man. You can, I don't know. He, he, they talking about he been LeBron understudy. I know LeBron ain't got the best bag, but he can get to his spots and do a little something there once in a while. <laughs> so I got a million dollar question for ZZ. This question is for Bit. This question is for Lakerland. This question is for everybody in the live chat. C six LD. I see you, Cole, bro. I see you. I'll bring you up in a second. But I got a I got a million dollar question for everybody. If this thing blow up for the Lakers this season, and I mean blow up, who's gonna be the scapegoat? I need everybody in the live chat, ZZ, <laughs> Bit. I need to know 
who is going to be the scapegoat if this thing does not work? Well, we be putting all the blame on Darvin Ham, on LeBron, on AD, on Rob Palenka. Who's going to be the scapegoat? Let me see. Um, let me just think for a second. We're talking about the Lakers, and we're talking about scapegoating. So over the last three years, we've seen it be Magic, Rob Palenka, Fred Vogel, Russell Westbrook, Westbrook. Uh, <laughs> Anthony Davis at one point in time, and then all the way up to Darvin Ham and all the expectations they put on this man. So to, for making it to the Western Conference Finals, that was great. That was exactly what I felt he needed to stay solidified as like, oh, he can, he can coach. He's like, he, he yeah. might be able to make some shake, right? If it blows up for whatever reason, they're probably going to scapegoat him and say that he was the problem. I also that's feel like LeBron might, LeBron might get scapegoated a little bit. Really? That's just, that's just that's, I that's, don't know if going to be left. LeBron anymore. But Why the hell would LeBron be a scapegoat when LeBron is the right? guy that's been the glue? <laughs> but like you just so disrespectful they, this afternoon. They, they gonna hop on that Damo train. Uh-uh. Darvin Ham. <laughs> it's gonna be Darvin LD, what's up, bro? You think it's Darvin Adilo? It's Darvin yeah. Adilo. Um, that's why is that? I feel like with the performance like Delo put out last time against the uh, against the Nuggets, like if that if he underperforms even a little bit, I feel like they're gonna be on him. Like, oh, we're gonna be on his ass quick. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, like quick. Lakers nations, like we we hop on people really fast. Like once you mess up, is it's done for you. And then Darvin Ham, people not gonna want to hear that he's a new coach because they were saying that last year. Don't nobody want to hear that, bro. And we was on his ass last year. Why? And that was the thing with me. Three guard rotations. That was the thing with me, fellas, is that, you know, we had to take the training wheels off of Darvin Ham because I understand it was his first year last year as a head coach, but they did, he did win as an assistant in Milwaukee. So he knows about winning. He's played the game. Um, So I don't want to put tremendous pressure on Darvin Ham this year, but looking at lineups and and things that he came up short last season on, we definitely need to see improvement um, for year 21 because, you know, I I just think that there's no room for error with LeBron's last days as a Laker. So I am definitely interested to see um, who's going to be the scapegoat. I'm tired of the scapegoat. Like, honestly, the team that, that we got this year, really with everybody. Everybody got a solid team. You might got a first-year coach, da, 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 but it really, like, if y'all, if somebody play bad, then that's just what it is. Like, why we got to have a scapegoat? D'Lo played horrible. Bruce Brown got in his head, and he just, just was – he should have got benched. Should have just been Braun, AR, Rui. I don't care who else. And somebody in AD. If, if you just play bad, you just play bad. Like, we, we got a team to where there shouldn't really be no scapegoat. You got a coach. You just made it to the Western Conference Finals. You got shooters. You ain't got a. You ain't got the best big, the front line. You got everything else. You got everything you need. We shouldn't have no scapegoat. It should be Western Conference Finals or the Finals or somebody just plays that. Like that scapegoat shit. I'd be tired of that, man. Like yeah, yeah. That's just the culture, though. Like yeah. <laughs> the, I forgot who said it earlier, but they were like the Lakers are trade happy. That's just the culture. Like, yeah, yeah like, so we'll get you up out of here. <laughs> For no reason. Oh, oh, he came. He came into practice and didn't give hundred percent effort today. He's on the podcast. Fellas, who's the best duo in the NBA? When you look at this image right here, who do y'all feel is the best two-man duo currently, right now, in the National Basketball Association? Um, 
I think I think it's Joker and Murray. Um, Giannis and Dame aren't proven. Um, I'm not really worried about any other duo. If I'm being completely honest, uh, too the two Jays, the two Jays are perennial chokers. So. <laughs> oh, really? In Boston, the ones yeah. in Boston. <laughs> no left He's not lying. No left so hand and like, no mid range. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna take the the two that shoot from like stupid dumb efficiency in the playoffs and that actually won the ring together. All right. So what about, with Devin, what about, what about you, ZZ, bro? Who's the best duo, bro? Well, obviously, all bias in full effect. This is Splash Brothers, but all bias is die. Um I'd say <laughs> Did you say the Splash Brothers? This is nasty. <laughs> Hell yeah, I said the Splash this Brothers. This is nasty work. One, one led the league in threes last year. The other's the greatest shooter of all time. What's wrong with that take? When what they get high, what happens? When, when, when they get high, what happened? That's all I'm saying. But nonetheless, um, now, now back to the whole Jokic and Murray thing. I'm, I'm buying that. I'm with that. I feel like. Me personally, I think that if it isn't them, that Giannis and Dame are supposed to be the best. Oh my god! Like next, like next season, if you if you really think about it, if you really think about it, Giannis is gonna cook regardless. Dame is not in a situation where he doesn't need to be that big of a cooker, but he can still cook whenever he wants to. Now, tell me who the tell me who y'all second and third best duo is. Look at this! Say. Look at this visual. I would say look, the I, mean, first... I, I need y'all to really look at this visual. Look who's on this image. Why it's not though. It's not though. It's not though. <laughs> if, out, of if respect, you, out of respect for Yogi Murray, they just want to chill. They can have first place. Second place has got to be Brian AD. It got hey, 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 if it's if it's got to be Giannis and Dane, it could be Giannis and Dane. I'm just not too high on it. I don't, I don't, I don't know. They I'm not high on wait LeBron. So wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm bit, not high on LeBron bit, and AD. Bit. Hold up, ZZ. Bit. I just want to be clear. You will put Dame and Giannis before KD and Devin Booker. I was about to get to them. I was about to would get I, to them. Yes. Yeah. KD and D Booker are three duo. Top three. Really? I wouldn't, I wouldn't put KD and Booker over Giannis and Dane. You wouldn't put two of the best efficient, most efficient scorers. KD, KD is not one of the most efficient scorers anymore. You seen what he did against Boston, and you seen what Aaron Gordon and KCP just did to him. He's mm. not he's not this efficient score anymore. So it's just I forgot who was saying it. I think Lowe was saying it. KD rely too much now on shot making. He can't get to the rim that much. He's still he's still one of the greatest scorers of all time, but bro, he just not he's just not that guy no more, man. He can still get you 30, but it's like it ain't 30 on 50, 38 or something. It's like 30 on down, 40, 40, like 40. What 30, KD 40. did y'all see last season? But <laughs> Only reason what KD did you see in the playoffs? What a slightly less efficient than his true shooting percentage of over seventy. That was so KD's still efficient. So let's not let's not act like that. Like obviously, if Kevin Durant is shooting below fifty percent, that's a problem. Like for someone of Kevin Durant's caliber. But if so I'm not I, I gotta ask y'all. Wait a minute. I I gotta ask y'all because um shout out to Terry with two days. We got another super chat from Terry. Uh Terry says the best duo is freak time. Them mm. boys are gonna get nasty. I think that name, first of all, freak oh. time is crazy, but I can see them using it. But that is y'all crazy. fellas, y'all don't have no concern at all with this coach in Milwaukee being the first year. Like we've seen it happen before successfully, but like that's one of the biggest reasons why I feel like this thing ain't gonna work out in the first year. 
Who's the proven leader? I think Giannis got to take that role. Giannis need to step up and be like, I'm going to play 45 minutes. I'm going to guard him. Coach, just put these four players on the floor at this time in the game, and we gonna, I'm going to get it done. That's just how it need to go. He need to step up and be like, not be like exactly like LeBron, but just take more of that that coaching role too. Shit, you can be a coach on the floor too. You Giannis, you want you the you the second best player in the world if it's not Jokic. Mm-hmm. So step up, you that guy, you him. I think more players should take take that role, like that coaching role. Like, yeah, I'm the best player on the team. I should be part of the coaching, managing some of the minutes and shit too, because I'm that guy. I'm him. Yeah, it's a testament to your IQ and all that shit. Like Giannis, Giannis should know how to win a championship, like because he's done it. So it's like, it's like at this point you gotta just go out there and just like he said, you're this is my team. I'm the reason that Damian Lillard's here anyway because I told y'all I would be moving if I found a better situation. And they're like, oh, I'll put your name. So it's like, you know, you got to figure out your way around. Yeah, that's a good point. I was gonna say he's dropping like all these quotables about failure and winning and being better so like show us that you're better show us that you could be that guy like right. you wanted them to make moves they did so when like right. Drew, get out there are y'all are y'all sold are y'all sold are y'all sold that damian lillard because I, I heard a bit saying that Giannis needs to you know take control of being the true leader but do y'all think that damian lillard is willing to play robin he ain't, he ain't got no choice they gonna have to. That's Giannis land. <laughs> yeah, Giannis, the same way Portland was Dame, Dame time is Giannis land over there in Milwaukee. You gonna have to yeah. pay that back. See, all we need it's gonna be like this. Giannis, I got you for the first three quarters. Dame, come through in the fourth. That's all I need you to do. Yeah, time. that's it. And then on top of that, they also got Chris Middleton still, and that was his job for years. Was the close for them. You I love some the Chris Middleton. Middleton. Only question marks is campaign. Is he gonna be a terrorist off that bench or what? <laughs> 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 I will say this though, right? Dame wanted to go to Miami, and we know we know for sure if he would have went to Miami, it's no taking the leadership role from Jimmy Butler. So he gonna have to chill out wherever he went. Yeah, he didn't have a choice. So that's fair. Yeah, that's I really didn't like Dame. Bro. I ain't like Dame saying he was gonna sit out if he did go to Miami. I feel like that was a real bad look. I hate when players do that shit, bro. I hate when that's why I hate that's why James Harden is on my most hated players right now. It always fluctuates, but Harden found his way back at number one. I was like, bro, sit out, like, Like, yo, how y'all? That's how I'm looking at because we the fans, bro. We supposed to watch y'all. That's what we doing throughout our like we like like you said, y'all glad that Braun ain't playing the preseason. I understand why he ain't playing the preseason. The niggas forty, but still like. Yo, I was trying to see you go off tonight. I was maybe putting a bet in on you or something. Like, you know what I'm saying? For like, sure. For you could have played for one half. I've seen, I've seen AR won't play no Something, time. anything. Yeah, that's a fact. One half, a quarter, something. This, like, that's a yeah, fact. They gave you Family, 12, I appreciate y'all joining us this minutes. evening. I'm about to drop y'all down so ZZ and I can wrap the show up and get into our last topic a uh, bit. Right, C6, bro, I appreciate right. both of y'all for coming through Lakeland, man. And hopefully we can see y'all again, bro. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. For sure. Appreciate y'all. All right, Zizi, we about to uh, wind up getting into our last topic or two of the show. This has been an unbelievable show. Shout out again to Laker Land. As always, you guys are fire. Make sure y'all smash that like button for us, please, if y'all guys are new to the channel. 
make sure that you subscribe to Players Choice. Also, join the membership, become a part of the Players Choice family. We definitely look forward to having you guys. And do remember, we are live here on Lakerland on Players Choice every Tuesday, 7 p.m. Eastern, and every Sunday, 1 o'clock p.m. Eastern. So make sure you guys pull up, join myself, ZZ, and Light Out for our next edition of Lakerland. Real quick, bro, I want to talk about the race to 18, title 18 between the Lakers and the Celtics. In your opinion, because you don't have a, a, a hand in this fight at all, you're not a Lakers fan or a Celtics fan, but who do you think will more than likely reach title 18 first between LeBron and the Lake? I mean, between the Lakers and the Boston Celtics? Who do you feel Celtics. like could get title 18? The Celtics, for sure. For really? Sure. Yeah, easily. Wow. Easily. Um, easily. Completely easily. I trust I trust the Celtics making it through the East to get to the finals at least more than I trust the Lakers making it through the West. And I still trust the Lakers over other teams in the West, but it's like it's different because I think it's con it's when you value, when you have to look at the you have to look at the conferences and you have to look in the, the teams, you have to look at the matchups, you have to think about playoffs and all of that. For me, when I look at the Celtics and I say, who's their biggest threat for, for them for them not making the finals? It's the Bucks and then maybe the Sixers and then maybe the Heat because the Heat knocked them out last year. But it's like, it, it, but then when you look at the Lakers, it's like the Nuggets can give them a run, Suns can give them a run, the Warriors Golden can State. give them a run, the Clippers. Mm -hmm. The Clippers, mm -hmm. the, and the Clippers is the crazy one because it's like the Clippers are still the Lakers' little brother, still, like, still just the little brother. But it's like, you, you, like if if all health and all those things factor in, then the Lakers might be a little bit scared because it's like, okay, now they're actually here and we get to see Kawhi and full health and and PG, like you know. So that's like an oddball though. But um, outside of that, the Grizzlies, like, there's so many more teams that can give the Lakers a run for their money as compared to the Celtics, where I think there's only like two or three realistically. Right. So that's just that's that's how I look at it. But what you think? I mean, you make great points, bro. I can't even really argue. Like, for me to argue that, it would just be strictly off of biasness being a Lakers fan. Um, but let me ask you, though, because you brought up a key point in conferences. Mm -hmm. Do you think the Eastern Conference may not be better than the Western Conference, but is it safe to say that the Eastern Conference has gotten much better since LeBron was there? Mm-hmm, for sure. Okay. And it's, uh, it's also like a a testament to LeBron almost, if you will, because it's like when LeBron was in the East, you looked at every other team. I and, think we lost. I mean, okay, I know I did. When he was with the I'm oh wait, did you lose me? Am I good? Yeah, I think I think we got you back. Can you hear me? I think you did. Yeah, I can hear you now. Okay. All right. Um, when you look back at like 2014, when he was with the the Heat, and then you look into 2015, going up against the Raptors, and you looked at all the other teams, I was just like, a baby Giannis? No, he's not ready. Like the the baby Raptors, they're not ready. The Atlanta Hawks for that one year were not ready. The Pistons were an eight seed one of those years. Were mm -hmm. they, they and the Pistons had a hell of a year. I think it was 2016 where they were the eight seed. They had a hell of a year in, in comparison to the last few where they were just missing the playoffs or being bottom feeding teams in the East. But 
I was like, they're not beating the Cavs. Like, nobody was beating the Cavs. Now there's a legitimate debate as to who's going to come out of the Eastern Conference because you have a Joel Embiid and a Sixers team that isn't in the beginning stages of the process. You have a Bucks team with a grown-up adult version of Giannis that's already got himself a chip. You got uh, Miami, who they – you see with Miami, they have a winning culture. They have a culture that players buy into – at all times, and they can sneak their way into past the first, second seed if they want to. So it's like there's so much more competition there, and I wish that we got to see LeBron against this, against these type of teams because I think that he still comes out on top majority of the time. But th- these teams are going to give him an even bigger run for his much money more of a fit. Yeah, that's a you fact. Know what I'm saying? That's a fact. That's that's so, a fact. And I think maybe a little bit more respect would be put on LeBron's mm-hmm. name because a lot of people feel like it was a cakewalk throughout the Eastern Conference throughout his journey. So I, mm-hmm. I agree with you. I agree with that. Um, last thing, bro, before we get up out of here. Now, I, I know the time Phil Jackson spent in L.A. produced more championships than the time that Pat Riley has spent in Los Angeles. But when you compare Showtime to the Kobe era with Phil Jackson. I don't want to say which one was greater, but if you was a player, which coach, which Laker culture would you perceive to be more fun, or would you rather be a part of the the, the Showtime Lakers or the Phil Jackson Lakers? That's a really good question. Um, because I feel like from a player really standpoint of having fun. And building a culture, mm-hmm. Pat Riley and the Showtime Lakers is where it's at. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm That's saying? That's what I was about to say. If, if I was if I was a player, I think I would have way more fun in the Showtime offense, because not to mention the fact that at that time when it was all being implemented and they were getting rid of uh like uh what was it Paul Westhead and all those other coaches to bring in Pat Riley. At that time, it was like everybody was like, "This is going to be something that's new that no one else is doing," right? So it's like. We're going to be playing in a faster offense. We're going to be the fastest team in the league. We're going to get a lot of points. We're going to do a lot of drug, like, you know, all these things. It's going to be great. And, and whereas, like, with, with Phil Jackson, it's different because it's like you have an expectation of dominance because you have the most dominant force in the league at the time, Shaquille O'Neal. You have an expectation of a one-two punch because you have Kobe, who was emerging as one of the best young players in the league at that time. You have uh, guys like D. Wait a minute, did we lose ZZ? Get ZZ Fish, back. Guys like Rick Fox, guys like Horace mm-hmm. Grant were championship proven. And... Oh, wait, so as I, what, what part did you lose me at? No, I got you said uh, Rick Fox and um, that yeah, was yeah. the last So name. you have, so the expectation that you have with that 2001, I mean 2000 to, uh, I guess you say 2010 Lakers squad with Phil Jackson was, expectation was already there because Phil Jackson had already won six championships prior. So it was like, it was supposed, and you have Shaq, you have Kobe, you have all these guys that on paper look good and you can tell from their games can work together and it can result into something that can win a championship. Whereas right. rally, it was something fresh, something new and something that was like kickstarting a change in the league where they're playing fast and the, and the Celtics and Pistons are playing gritty and dirty. Like, you know, defensive mind, all those things. So I'd say for me, it'd be more fun to play Showtime for sure. But because of that expectation factor with Phil Jackson is like, you're expected to win with Shaq Kobe and you're just going to have to find your role in it. it. You know, Rick Fox had to be a knockdown shooter. Robert Ori had to knock down shots late in games when Kobe's shooting them, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah, it, it, it's tough to me, bro. You know, you think, like you said, you probably will have more fun, you know, playing in that Showtime environment, you know, and, and you still got to put respect mm-hmm. on the game back then because it was still gritty. You know, they were a finesse team, but, you know, the opposition was still hardball. Um, but I see in Lakerland, you know, T-Rev had made a good point. Phil Jackson does embrace different types of personalities. You look at how he did with Rodman. You look at what he did with Metal World Peace. Um, and he won more than Pat Riley. And he, mm-hmm. you know, kind of created more than Pat Riley. I don't know, bro. It, it's interesting because I think they're two totally separate eras, as you said. But I'm kind of with you, bro. I, I just feel like playing well, in that like, James Worthy era of Showtime would just be more fun as a leader, even if I didn't win as would much. Would you feel like, I feel you, do you feel like you would have more fun playing with Pat Riley, Showtime Lakers, or Phil Jackson, Chicago Bulls, with Mike and Scotty, and then Horace Grant, and then at one point Dennis Rodman, and all of the things that Dennis Rodman brings when he comes on a team and to be I think I'd still pick Showtime. I don't know because maybe maybe I would be in intrigued with the idea of playing alongside Mike and watching him in practice and how he because Mike was like, you you're gonna bring every single thing that you can possibly bring to this. But game. look at the hell everybody had to go through in the last dance playing with Michael, like from teammates. Right. Like I don't know how fun it would be, even though Chicago was making history in the nineties. I don't know how much fun that was for everybody else because you hear about fights with teammates and and, and it just was a lot going on. So that's a good question, bro. I, I would probably stick still with, with, with Showtime. Mm-hmm. I feel that. For sure. All right, people. Lake of Land episode 10 is officially in the books. Shout out to everybody. In Lakerland, y'all already know the vibes. Do remember, we are live here at Lakerland on Players' Choice every Tuesday, 7 p.m. Eastern, and every Sunday, 1 o'clock p.m. Eastern. Make sure you guys follow us on social media as well. We're everywhere, TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter, PC underscore Lakerland, and we all have our individual social media handles, so we'll be tapping into you guys Um Definitely appreciate you guys coming through. Big up That's to Lake of Land in the chat. This has been an unbelievable show. Shout out to everybody to help make this possible. Z's, you got any last final words, any thoughts before we sign off, bro? Uh, I just want everybody to at least remember one thing, if you take anything away from this episode, and it's that Ryan isn't here. Lighthouse Sports is not here. <laughs> and it's ironically... Uh, less than 12 hours removed from his team and my team matching up and his team losing. And I just and think he that ducked that, the smoke and he ducked the smoke to he go to Cancun and go cruise. Like, what are you doing? Cruise your way back on the Lakerland, stop by and, and, and take this, this thrashing. Take me. that out. Yeah. Take yeah, this man, we, thrashing. We got to talk to the bosses about light out. We're going to have to get some type of internet connection, something we're going to have to get him tapping into us within these next three weeks. We're going to find a way, bro, for sure. Yeah, man. Other than that, though, great show. Loved it. Loved every second of it. Absolutely. Shout out to Raj. Shout out to PC. No doubt, man. Big up to our Players' Choice family. As always, shout out to Claire uh, for quarterbacking our situation, making things right. Big shout out to our brother Demetrius, who knocking out our thumbnails, putting everything together in play. Once again, shout out to everybody in the Lakerland chat, T-Rev, Bit, appreciate you coming up. 
Cole, appreciate you coming up this afternoon. Uh, Jonathan De La Rosa Cottage in the building. G Madman in the building. Salute to you. Uh, Stephen P.R. Torres, I see you earlier, G. Big up to you. Uh, Terry, of course, with two dads. So much support. He shows Lake of Land every week. So big shout out, of course, to our family. Terry with two dads. Big up to everybody that was a part of today's show. We about to get up so, out of here. Do remember, join us Tuesday night for another episode of Lake of Land, man. I'm Seven Mitchell. That's the big homie ZZ. We are about to sign off. You guys enjoy the rest of y'all Sunday. Stay safe. And we see you guys on Tuesday night. Appreciate y'all. Be good. Peace. Peace. All right, man. I want to thank you guys for listening into another episode of the Best of Seven Sports Talk. I'm Seven Mitchell, man. Make sure you follow the show to be sure to be notified about the next episode. Also, I'll put the link tree link in the description so you can follow us on social media as well as donate and contribute to our platform. See you guys again on the next episode. Peace. <laughs>